0: This is The Resilient Life, where we believe that every human will struggle in this life. Our challenge is to struggle well. I'm Ryan Mannion. I lost my brother to war, my mom to cancer, and I'm the daughter of a retired Marine. I'm also a wife, mom, author, and president of one of the nation's leading veteran service organizations. Join me and some incredible guests as we explore the value of struggling well through life's inevitable challenges all right well we're here another episode of the resilient life podcast and i have two awesome guests today in studio kenny williams Rashid bailey welcome to the resilient life
1: man yeah
2: thanks for, i was gonna say thanks yeah. for having us thanks for having us no definitely excited yeah. to be here um feels good you know just walking around and just seeing a lot of you know Stuff about your brother and your family and man, it it, it you could definitely feel the energy when you walk in here.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Well, I told my team, I said, listen, I got two guests and normally they do a lot of prep work for me. And they're like, all right, you know, I said, I don't need a I don't need a prep doc.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I want to share a little bit about how I came to become friends with you guys mm-hmm. and 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 Kenny, it starts with you. So mm-hmm. I kept hearing, gosh, this is probably going back like a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Maggie's talking about like, you know, so my daughter Maggie is 17 years old, you know, division one, go going to play division one lacrosse mm-hmm. and, you know, competitive lacrosse player. And she's kind of bounced around to different trainers. And it's like, this person was really good with the strength. This person was really good with the speed, but there was never anybody that could put it all together. Right. And so I started hearing K reds, K reds. And I was hearing your name before I knew who you were, you know? And it was like, and then Maggie would say, I'm going to the dungeon. And I'm like, what the heck's the dungeon? And (laughs) he's like, oh, it's her trainer. It's her trainer, you know? And so Maggie starts trading with you and I started following her on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I freaking love this so much. Like I'm watching yeah. video of Maggie just turning tired yeah. and doing like insane hill sprints yeah. and just music blaring. And I'm yeah. like, this is, this is awesome. Yep. You know, cause mm-hmm. everything's always been so like in these controlled environments yeah. and it's very like, professionals not the right word no, but you know I mean, yeah it's yeah. it's been like a different vibe yeah, and I'm like way vibe. I love this yeah, right yeah, yeah and um and so Maggie started working out with you a bunch of her teammates did you know you you work with a ton of different athletes yeah. at the professional level the collegiate level um and Maggie started working with you at 5 30 in the mornings her and a group of her friends I was just telling Kenny her and a group of her friends were like we're going to work out before the, in the morning before yeah. school I
1: think still, still.
0: and yeah. so they're going maggie's driving to her friends house halfway to conchahakin and then they're they're traveling and it's like three sessions in and maggie's like everybody bailed mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. none of them none of them want to none of them want to get up that early they said it's too early yeah. and she's like can i ask can i ask k reds to come to our house and i'm like go ahead ask them. So mm-hmm. she does. And mm-hmm. so he starts coming two mornings a week. Yeah, And I'm lying in bed thinking like, well, what the heck? I've got this guy downstairs. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I need to get down there. Down. So it was funny. I'm telling today uh, or yesterday we're like setting up and you know, because we had two of you here, we had both of you, I, I had Honor, my other daughter mm-hmm. and my son in the chairs and Sean's working the cameras and Sean says, or Travis says, who do you have? I go, well, my trainer's coming on. And Honor goes, he's not your trainer. <laughs> my trainer. I said, oh yeah, he's my trainer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm having my trainer on the show. Oh, that's lovely. So, I, love it. I love that. But I I definitely want to dive into like your work with kids and the stuff that you do, because yes. I think it's it's awesome. But Kenny introduces me to Rasheed mm-hmm. and and I just loved your energy and yeah. your spirit. And, you know, you pull up to my house yeah. the first time you come here and you're like, oh wait, I went to college across the street. That's crazy. And it was funny because I'm telling my husband, I'm like, oh, you know, Kenny brought over um a guy that played across the street at Del And he's like, oh, what's his name? And I'm like, "Rashid Bill. He's like, Yeah, duh. <laughs> he's like yeah he's like he played for the Eagles. Oh, that's crazy and that's so crazy. and then sean's here like yeah well yeah. I, I was tracking your story you yeah. know i'm that's from crazy. doylestown yeah. but but again like you had a you know kind of a crazy upbringing yeah. and like y- your path to the nfl to yeah. now in the canadian football league so i want to dive into all of that but yeah. let's kind of start about like i'd love to know your friendship how you guys came to be you played footta- football could sound. Yeah. You were over at Del DelVal, like, where did you guys meet? How did you guys link up? And, you know, let's talk about that connection. Yes, I'll tell
1: it. <laughs> I'll tell it. So, uh, so let's, yeah, let's bring it back. So I played at Town and as you know, he went to Del DelVal. Mm-hmm. My mom's a big time football fan, big time football fan. And at the time, you know, my, my dream was always to go pro to the league. But when you come from the smaller schools, like yeah. Division 2, Division 3, it's kind of like, Far-fetched in affectionate way, you don't yeah. think it can happen. Mm-hmm. So she was a Div- division Division three guy. My mom's like, "Yo, have you heard about that dude Rasheed Belly? um, from Bell, Division three kid, getting all these looks?" And I'm like, "Nah," but then I did some research, and I'm like, "Dang!" Like he he about to. <laughs> <laughs> so like that instantly like when I heard that yeah. that gave me a lot of motivation.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, just to fast forward the story, probably like a year later. My older, uh, my brother-in-law, Tori Smith, which is his big boat too, mm-hmm. um, the draft was in Philly. And we was at like some restaurant, meeting at some restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came outside and he's like, yeah, that's uh, Rashid. And I said, Rashid? That...? And I'm like, I don't I don't get starstruck in, <laughs> in my head, but I put the connection together. Yeah. I'm like, yo, my mom is just talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And then like, that was one instant and we talked, we had the same coach, we kind of was we vibed a little bit there, but then yeah. like we fast forward to like 2017. Mm-hmm. One of our boys, Brandon Ship, and he was in the NFL too. Mm-hmm. And um, I just started training. I just started red camp, and um, this I didn't have a lot of guys yet. But like I was just like you. You asked me to come to the crib and come to the crib. Yeah. Whoever he said, yo, I'm bringing this person today. All right, bring them through. So we had a Sam workout. Mm-hmm. I remember he came to the Sam workout, and it was hot. It was hot.
2: That scorching. Day. Scorching.
1: And um. You know, I put him through a workout, stuff like that. And he came, uh, he drove back in my car for me to drive back to his car. Mm-hmm. And it was like five minutes, like a five-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And within those five minutes, we was just into the same stuff. We he I was telling him a little bit about me. He was telling his story. And, you know, it just connected from there. And from there, it was just, you know.
2: No, it's, it's crazy that you explain it like that because yeah. – you don't know that people think about you in that way. Yeah. You just kind of just go about your life and you just kind of just be. And just going to Del Valle and doing that stuff and hearing when he told that, he's probably told this story maybe three or four times now. Yeah. And I feel the same exact way when I hear it. It's like a surprise. Like somebody thought about me in that way. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because like during that time, I was looking for somebody just like you just said. I was looking for somebody who could do everything, somebody who can give me speed in the gym, like somebody who I can like really like I can trust. Yeah. And when it came to Ship, Ship told me about him. Ship used to work at LA Fitness, like, and my mom, she's a she's a GM at LA Fitness. And I used to just meet everybody in there. And I used to work out in there. And uh during that time I had a trainer as well, uh, with Doc. And it's it's crazy because just having that relationship with Ship at first. And then transitioning to meeting him and having that same workout, it was just like just exactly how he said it. It was like we connected on a level where I saw his hunger, I felt his pain, I felt that he was trying to find a direction at that time, yeah. and I was on that same path. And then we just kept like building it from there. Mm-hmm. And every single day, we got better from twenty seventeen and. Um, we are now here in 2024, yeah. and we're still holding strong. And man, like I can honestly say, like I can honestly say, bro, I really do love you, dog. I love you too. You feel yeah. me? Like it's <laughs> crazy because, like you, yeah. you, you, you see how everything transitions and and how can I, how all of it unfolds. And you see, man, sometimes you don't have to grow up with people yeah. to 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 really see what real people are. Yeah, and sometimes those people come later on in life. And I've been through a lot in my life, and I've lost a lot of friends. And um, I can honestly say you're really my brother, man. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, and you're my great. trainer. You're my brother. We yeah. talk every day. And, yeah. I mean, we build off of each other's energy. And now we got a podcast, and we try to do it big. Yeah. You're doing it big.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: We're trying to. Well, me.
0: let's talk a little bit about, like, so you grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah. You went to Roxborough High School. Roxburgh High School. Yeah. And – when did you start playing football?
2: So I played football. It all started when I was when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was like one of the first ever or and the only family trips that we ever took. I grew up in the projects in Philly, so we didn't really have much. You know what I'm saying? So like we didn't really travel much. We yeah. didn't really do a lot. We didn't go to, on vacation. We didn't go to the beach. My mom didn't believe in a lot of that stuff. And she had to work. It was just she was a single parent mom. And um we wound up taking this trip and we went to uh, I think we were in Maryland. And um, I was probably six years old, and they were throwing this like styrofoam football, and we were outside playing on the cement. And I remember what color it was. It was a yellow and purple football. Yeah, and I remember we were throwing it, and I was like diving. And I was always the kid who had all the scrapes on his knees, all the bruises. Broke my broke my toe before. Like I like I was that rough kid yeah. that I needed to be in football. And I was introduced to football at a young age. I was young and people don't really notice. And I always try to tell people I started my journey on defense. Defense was my first love. Mm -hmm. When we, when, when I was younger, I used to play like linebacker. I used to play defensive end. I used to be the tackling dude. I used to always be like one of the top hitters on the team.
1: Coming home with headaches
2: and before concussions was concussions. (laughs) It was a headache. It was a headache. Yeah, it was crazy. But I was a kid just thumping on dudes. And for me, you know, football saved my life, you know, and um, I would take my anger out, out there. You know, I would, you know, any pain that I felt, anything that I was going through as a kid, I was just rough. And I would go out there and I would lay it on the line every single time. I would be diving. And like, since a kid, it was just, it was just always natural to me to play the game, to play the sport. But what was
0: it? It had to be kind of a, uh, a weird change for you to go from the projects in Philly and then come out to Bucks County. It was. At DelVal University. No, it was,
2: it was, it was a culture change for yeah. me. I was going to ask that. You know, it, it, it It changed my life to view the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about going to college and we talk about taking that next step in your life, I think that that experience alone helped me see things from, it it was just black, 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 black. But then I saw it black and white. You know what I'm saying? I had roommates that were Italian. Uh, uh, The one kid was Irish and we lived in a quad together. I'm removed from that culture that I grew up in and I was immersed in this culture. And it was like, I was waking up to two white dudes in a room, you know? (laughs) And it was like, Oh shit. And and, and like, at first it was weird to me. Yeah. And, but it helped me see things from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, helped me learn the Italian culture. You know, my roommate, his name was Nick Marino. I still remember his name. That's crazy. Um, His mom was Italian. And she would stock our refrigerator up till it was nothing left in it. It was crazy. Like, and then my boy, he was crazy. He was, Irish. he would just like, sometimes he would just wake up out of his sleep and he would be late for, like he'd be late for class. He would just wake up out of nowhere. It was just like, like this, like this, that white boy, They're like this is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love every second of it. It was, it, it changed me, you know, I experienced things from a different light. Um,
0: Do you think that like, football afforded you that opportunity to end up
2: Without without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I didn't even know I was going to go to college, to be honest. It was, you know, I knew I was smart enough to go. I didn't know I was going to play football. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the guidance of, you know, my father during that time that I, like, I really needed to help give me the confidence that I know I should have had Mm -hmm. if we would have had that relationship, like we should have.
0: I think I was telling you, like, one of the first times I spoke in Philadelphia was yeah. at Strawberry Mansion High yeah. School, yeah. and I don't even. I think it's closed down. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. a high school anymore. It might be closed down. I think it might have not, closed yeah, down a few a, years ago. A
2: rough school for you yeah. to go to.
0: And I remember when I I went into that school, and I had a police escort, yeah. which that was my first sign. I was yeah. like, "Whoa,
2: yeah, you know?" Man. Yeah.
0: And there was nothing on the walls, and they told me that they couldn't put. Hang flyers and yeah. posters because yeah. kids would just burn them. Yeah, and um, I spoke in the auditorium. I, it, you know, it was a ton of heckling. Yeah. Even when I was walking down yeah. the hallway yes. with the police escort, yes, like kids were just screaming yeah. stuff at yeah. me. Yeah. And Seriously. you know, and and I remember saying like, if I can affect change in one, one kid, yeah. I feel like I succeeded today. And then afterwards, they brought me to a luncheon. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a gathering with some of their, like, best students, Mm -hmm. right? And I remember talking to a young man who, like, all he wanted to do was graduate high school. And I think at the time, the graduation rate at Strawberry Mansion was, like, 30 or 40 percent just to, graduate. to graduate and they're like we are just trying to get, to get these kids to yeah. show, up at, show up at school yeah. and it was yeah. like you talk about yeah. that change for you where you come that out here like, to DelVal like mm-hmm. me being in that environment I was blown away because yeah. like you know there is no what's the graduation rate no, in the high schools out no, here no, it's no, like it's not, everyone graduates right. it's what percentage goes to college which is probably 90 percent you yeah. know and yeah. it was just wild it's so
2: like when you say it like that It gives me so much power when I tell when I when I tell my story. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like you try to, you never want to be the story that is like the repetitive. All this black kid grew up in a in a bad neighborhood, didn't really. But and I and I tell myself that like man, like just stop that story. Create a but that is my story. Yeah, and like when you break it down like that, like Mm -hmm. I grew up in that type of environment. We had metal detectors going to school. We had. You know what I'm saying? Like that heckling and all that, like that used to be us, like saying like little jokes when people came to come see us and you don't really value it until you like really step out of your from your own perspective and be like, dang, mm-hmm. like this lady really might have something to say that might help change my life. But during that time, there's so much going on. They fighting every single day, yeah. you know, people getting killed. Like it was a lot. And i dealt with that. And to make it out of that, you know, it's a blessing, you know, and, I'm extremely fortunate to be here. Um, Like I said, when I first started, like I lost a lot of my friends. I was going to say like,
0: I, you know, your story is probably not your friend's story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for me, like that could have been me, you know, and.
0: Well, what do you think the difference was though? Like you say that could have been you, right? Why wasn't it you? Like what was, was the difference? The
2: difference was, is I made better choices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, I'm not saying better choices, I just made some of the right choices. And I think it comes down to the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. You know, I, a lot of where we come from is, is is the choices that we make. Sometimes you you can't really, sometimes it's just in you to be a certain kind of way. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from certain situations. Yeah. And sometimes you gotta have a strong mother. And I had that. Yeah. And my mom would not let us go outside. You had to clean up before you went out. Like there were just certain things that my mom protected us from that at the time when I was a kid, it was just like, why is she doing this? Why is she telling me I can't do this? And I used to get angry. I used to punch the wall. I used to be so upset because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it was up to me, I probably would be at that time because I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be in the mix. I wanted to ride with my homies and I wanted to, I wanted to fight when they fought, but my mindset was, I'm going to make it out of this. And I'm going to see better days. And I've always had this mentality of, I want more for myself. And the thing that hurts me the most is, and I can, but it doesn't hurt me, but it makes me who I am. I tried to bring everybody with me and I couldn't. And I think that's the pain that I hold sometimes when I think about it. I've had individual conversations with every person that I lost. And it was this close to almost like, I'm with me. You know what I'm saying? Like to having them right there. I really never talked about this out loud. And it's hard for me when I build friendships, that's why. When I, when I say how much I care about you, like I don't play around with that. Yeah. I don't play around with family. I don't play around when it comes to, that's why I respect you. I see you your family, the pictures to me. I'll do anything for you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll run through, I'll run through a brick wall. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's good to know. That's too. who I am. You know what I'm saying? Once I'm, once we in, we end. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's kind of like my spiel when it comes to.
0: Well, I think know, it's I, interesting because you know, one of our board members at the Travis Manning foundation, his name's Keith Palmer. Um, Uh, he's a a black man who grew up in Philadelphia, um, and went on to be a Marine Mm -hmm. now is, has a very high up position at Johnson and Johnson does amazing for himself. He's an incredible, um, he's just an incredible board member volunteer for our organization, but he actually shared his story of growing up in Philadelphia. And, um, he shared the story of him and his cousin and he said, you know, both of them got in trouble one summer Mm -hmm. and his mom really like laid the hammer down on Mm -hmm. him and his cousin didn't have the same type of restrictions, Mm -hmm. punishment that he had gotten. Mm -hmm. And he said, I went in this direction and my cousin went in that direction. And it's like, it's just, you know, you always try to figure out because we like, when you think about, when you're working with underprivileged youth Mm -hmm. and it's like, how can I be the, somebody that, mm-hmm. th- that something I'm going to say is going to click with them. That's going to make them want to follow that yes, right path. Yeah. And, and I think there's so many factors to yes, that, It is. Um, but obvious, obviously it's like coming from a strong background of yeah. having yeah. those, those parents or those guardians, guardians. that are going to drive you. I'm, I'm, yeah. And it has
2: to be consistent. Right. If it's consistent, that's what helps change these kids' lives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's waking kids up at 5 30 in the morning. You think it's, it's not for fun. Yeah. It's to build a mentality. Yeah. We, we're not playing. We're trying to breed athletes and people who want to be successful.
0: Well, in I general. think about
2: that. General, I think about that a lot. I said about your daughters. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think
0: my daughter is the super interesting case study because oh. from the moment she would, cause I try to think I've got three kids. Mm-hmm. They're all completely different. Mm-hmm. So again, Kenny comes here two mornings a week, 530. Mm-hmm. And it's all driven by my oldest, Maggie. Mm-hmm, yeah, she yeah. sets it up. She's but like from the moment she was born, mm-hmm. she was go. She just had and it. And she yeah. just had it. Mm-hmm. Like she had that drive. Yeah, and yeah. so everything she does, and I think I parent my kids all well, you gotta parent a little bit differently, Different, basically, yeah, but true, but yeah. the point is, is like I'm trying to teach them all the fundamentals yeah. and and honor. I say a lot to Maggie, like honor is probably more athletically gifted Mm -hmm. on the field because She will go out and she's you see she's a little gnarly like where she's got a little bit of an attitude to Mm -hmm. her you know and she she's not afraid. Maggie's biggest like demon is her mind. Mm. Like she gets out there and she'll like doubt herself. I mean she's an incredible athlete, but like she's a little bit like she's in her head. Where Honor just like she doesn't think she went out. She'll knock girls down. She doesn't care. But. Nothing compares to the drive Mm. that that Maggie has, where she just like and I was laughing because I was saying today, I'm like, I'm so sore. And I said, I'm saying to my coworker, I said, yeah, you know, I get up and Kenny's telling me like, all right, we're doing we're doing, you know, presses. He's like, Honor, you use 10 pounds. Ryan, you're 15 pounds. He's like, Maggie, 35. <laughs> and Maggie's just like, you know, and I'm like, you know, by my third set, I'm struggling. I was struggling this morning, but she just doesn't give up. Yeah. And you know, what I love to know from you, Kenny is like, when you think about like all these different kids that you're training, right. And obviously you're training like peak performance athletes mm-hmm. that want to be the best in their game, yeah. but what what do you see as like a big differentiator between these kids? That's like a, what sets them apart? That's a good question.
1: I think you said it. I think the drive. Um, I think when some kids, they either got it or you don't. I always say that, but I also think that you can build that certain mentality. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's what I'm hard on. Like I, I love building kids mental. Like I yeah. got a lot of kids that's not the most talented, don't got the drive a little bit, but need that extra push. Mm-hmm. But once you get that extra push out of them, again, it just changes that mentality. Now, like, and I'm using honor as an example. At first, she wasn't getting up at 5 30. She wasn't getting up. Bro, she wasn't getting up. Yeah. And now it's like even her form and stuff like that. And that's me constantly just saying, I don't know, I see. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see, I see the form. Yeah. I see where you're getting stronger. you are not well, at the 15s no and more.
0: This morning you know I mean? she was ju- he was like, We did three sets of 10, mm-hmm. 10 pull ups. Yeah and honor's like i can't do it and and she's like he kenny's going but you're doing it you're doing like it. as she was doing oh, them shit. he's like she's like i can't do this he goes you're doing it right oh, now yeah, you so know? Like,
1: i think that's the main thing It's just uh again some kids they just got that yeah you know what i mean and you can't teach that yeah but for me it's just all about you know pushing them mentally physically and um emotionally too and i think like she said, if you continue being consistent with that. Yeah. And um, you know, every day just, you know, how hey, you doing today, mm-hmm. just give them that extra confidence. You yeah. just gotta build them up.
0: Well, I think you have such a good way about how you work with, I mean, I say kids, but how you work with me too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm not intimidated, right? I don't walk in feeling like Uh Oh, I'm scared. I'm, you know, so and you're not like so hard that it makes you afraid to
1: come back. Yeah, but you're also not pushing. Yeah, I was going. I mean, we was pushing for them pull ups. Yes, in full transparency, (laughs) I did have to use uh, one of those one of those bands. I did not do three sets of ten pull ups. We did set of eight and two sets of five. Good ones. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I'm about. Just um, pushing the kids today. The max effort and just um, you know, building. Yeah, because uh, I think confidence goes a long way. Then and day. Yeah, it does. You
0: are working with professional level athletes.
1: Professional too, yeah.
0: All the way to you. like kids, yeah. like little kids, like you've run my nine year old through a workout. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How do you change things up?
1: Um, just the intensity, level. of course. For like a a youth kid who doesn't really know how to lift weights and move quickly. yeah like you start in the basics how to squat mm-hmm. how to run properly how to you know do a push-up just form based stuff but with the pros it's not it's not a lot of correcting but it's like a small little detail on things you know i mean like for she like we might work on i call it like the one two yeah and sometimes he might you know get outside his frame a little bit look bro if you look at the video you you step too wide on that first step. Mm-hmm. So we just breaking down little, small, little details. Being like pros. super
0: specific. Because they,
1: they pros like mm-hmm. at the highest level. Yeah. Right? Working with She, Craig, yeah. Sowers, Hassan, Reddit, like seeing them. And sometimes when I'm in a session, all I can say is, Good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't really say too much. But like at, sometimes I'll just give little cute, uh, pointers and cues. But with them, it's like, they need me to the energy. Yeah. You
0: think like I've been trying to analyze Yeah. the Eagles season, mm-hmm. you know, since last week. I'm yeah. you know, we're still burnt about it, right, yeah. Sean? Mm-hmm. Um and so clearly there was like a breakdown there. Something yeah. happened, yeah. right? And and clearly, you know, I think there was a lot of it was mental. You know, I think in in some ways they couldn't get past that mental block, but Mm -hmm. like, how do you work with, and I've seen, I've even seen Maggie get into these places Mm -hmm. where she almost has like a mental block. Cause it's like, you clearly have the ability because you did it three games ago. Mm -hmm. Why are you not like, how do you work past the psychological part? Mm -hmm. Because I think when you get to a certain level as an athlete, it's, it's, you're, you're at that level, right? There's no more. I mean, obviously you got to keep perfecting. Right. But you're at that level that there has to be something that gets you over that hump or you're going to hit these like
1: roadblocks. Right. And you you want to talk about this? Yeah. Cause I can, yeah. I talked to them, but you probably know more yeah. than I was. At I mean, school. but
2: it's hard. Yeah. Every week is something new. You know, you're going through film. You're going through the the, the process of performing in front of people. Um, you know, I've won two championships up in Canada. Uh, we've just lost two back to back individually. You need to hone in on uh, what we talked about last week: what you do well, yeah, what you struggle with, yeah. and you need to craft that. Yeah. See, a lot of us. When it comes to like these like being a pro athlete it's not just about what you're doing physically with your body yeah people think that oh I gotta lift I gotta work out but some of the best things I have that I do with in within my training and within like my process throughout the weeks during game weeks I go to yoga twice a week I get a massage twice a week I'm going to see the chiropractor. I'm doing so many different things to what are you help doing outside of your body though. Like what are you so, doing mentally? So mentally now I, I want to talk about that. When I'm in these sessions, mm-hmm. we're talking like when I'm, when I'm having my massage therapy, this is a time where like, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm talking about it exactly when it comes to yoga. Like this year I found myself in so many ways that I never knew I'm in a hot room. I'm alone in my thoughts. It's quiet and it's a place where I can free myself. Yeah. Also, not only when it comes to that, I do Bible study every single week. And when I tell you, when it comes to fellowshipping, like we're fellowshipping right now, yeah. and you get to talk about what you're going through, that makes it so much easier when it comes to I know what that person is going through. Yeah. I'll fight for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it becomes bigger than the game. I always say we won those two championships back to back, like we did, because we had a strong core in that room of the Bible study room, and we would go in there and we would talk about things that we struggled with. That was with your teammates. That with did my that? teammates, yes, we have a chapel leader that we have that comes in. Um, we'll have a, a session, and it won't be like we're in there looking at the Bible, and we're oh, yeah. We're, we have like a video that that we play. One one year we had like a Tim Tebow series. One year we have like uh, the guy, um, Tony Evans from, from the Cowboys. He has a really good chapel. Um, But all those different things that help create this mindset to help keep you on track. Yo, people don't really understand you. Like when you're out there in the field and you don't want to talk or you're not communicating, it's not what's going on out there. It's something that's going on outside. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't humanize the position. You know what I'm saying? Like, this athlete has been through something. This athlete plays on the highest level. There's something that sometimes he just doesn't have it sometimes. yeah. And you just gotta keep finding it. You gotta find different ways to make yourself a better person, a better athlete, and ultimately it'll help you win. And I think when you talk about the Eagles situation, they just hit that roadblock and they look like a bunch of individuals out there. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. totally. And
2: you look at it and you see it from that perspective, and you can go watch the games you like. You really see it. They lost their identity for a little bit. They switched defensive coordinators. You got defensive players that look like they don't know what's going on. Why? Because there's a lack of communication and you need consistency. Wow. Well, they lost that.
0: I think that's such a huge thing, too, is the morale of mm-hmm. team-based sports yes right because it is something that can sometimes be beyond one individual's yes. control yes you know so you look at like sports where they're individual sports like wrestling yes. so my brother was a wrestler yeah. and so yeah it's a team-based sport because you all have to win, win. but at the end of the day it's, it's you here. and the other guy on the mm-hmm. mat so it's wherever you are yeah. physically and mentally that's going to you know determine the outcome of that match but like in a team-based sport if you don't have the morale of that entire team and that culture is bad it's over it doesn't matter if you have the the 10 best performance at yeah players out there it doesn't matter it's got to be cohesive
2: yeah it has to be as one that's why it's so hard to win It's so hard to win in the NFL. It's so hard to win in professional sports. Period. When you have a team sport, yeah, because you got to get everybody thinking the same. Yeah, same board. Sure. You got guys party every single night. You got guys who take care of their body and make sure they do things the right way. Mm -hmm. And you got to get those guys that are the bad apples. You got to get them to be cohesive and being together. And it's hard. You know, it's a bunch of grown men who have real problems, real things they go through, and you got to go out there and perform every single week. And it's hard.
0: I mean, I just think that like a focus on the mental side of sports is so huge. And it's not something that there is a focus on there. Like the sports psychology, the like mental health of athletes, like all of that.
2: And I will say, I will say, I think teams are doing a better job with that. It may not it may be, be at the professional
0: level, but not professional. Level, yeah. Yes,
2: I'm and even it, talking about youth.
0: That, you know, that that
2: from needs, the beginning, that needs to be a thing. Yeah, because it has become a thing professional. Yeah, because we have a person on our or, on our team. She's a psychologist, and she comes in. She's and, and head coach will get up there and he'll talk and he'll say, "Listen, Adrian's here. If you want to talk, there's no pressure. If you feel like you want to just have a conversation, if you want to just talk." Whatever you want to do, it's a safe place. Yeah. You can go and talk to her. It's 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 for you. And I'm not saying that everybody uses it. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, but it's available. But it's and that's, available. I mean, just having it available and like destigmatizing it is that that's yes. half the battle, you yes. know. But I think about like, cause I look at I look at Maggie, mm-hmm. you know, she won't stop. Like she doesn't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. So like she came down this morning and she busted out that workout, mm-hmm. but she's not feeling good. Right. And I even said to her last night when she came home she said, my throat hurts. I don't feel good. And I said, maybe you don't, maybe you don't work out tomorrow morning. And she's like, I'll be fine. You know? And I was just yeah. like, okay. And I knew she was going to show up. Right. I knew she was going to walk down the stairs this morning, but it's like understanding your body, understanding where you're at, not dry, pushing yourself. Like I, 13 14 15 16 years old kids don't understand they don't understand and even to like watch those cues with your body like my biggest challenge with her is her working herself is overworking herself you know and and i always think about like that mental you know she's going to a service academy next yeah, year, right. so she's basically, you know, ne- as of next year, she'll be, you know, serving in the military mm-hmm. and playing a Division one sport, and mm-hmm. and I believe that she is more than ready for that mentally. Yeah, that she's, you know, mm-hmm. but I also want to make sure that there's those checks with her, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. that's something that you I always think about with all of my kids when yeah. I look at them. And you you're, know, you're a mother. You have. I'm a, a mom. You have that motherly.
2: Well oh, yeah I and you know it. and I yeah.
0: listen um I went to Widener which was you know we uh, rival school to yeah. Del Val and
2: we don't like them <laughs>
0: <laughs> And I played lacrosse at Widener yeah. and um you know my kids like to laugh and say oh you played division 3 and I'm like Last time I checked, I'm the only one that has played collegiate sports. Yeah, so yeah, until yeah, you yeah, step out on a field, I'm still the only one in this yeah. family that has played at the collegiate level. Right. But Man, that hurts here
1: and there. You Division three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, but that was yeah. not, I don't know. Oh, that fueled me. That fuels me when I hear that. But also, kids don't understand how hard it is to play yeah. a college sport. Yeah. Like, that's hard. Yeah. It's, it's, Division one, Division two, Division three. It's hard. Yeah. So, but,
0: but I also think I, I, Push my kid, you know, listen, whatever my kids choose, but we encouraged our kids to continue playing sports Mm -hmm. and hopefully make it to the collegiate level. Yes. Because I know what playing sports, if I did not play lacrosse in college, I probably wouldn't have graduated. Oh, yeah. Like that is the the truth. Yeah. I performed, my GPA was twice as good as it was in season Mm -hmm. as it was out of season because out of season you had like you know your fall ball your lift, but like it was a free-for-all you're free when i knew okay i'm lifting in the morning and i've got practice after school i had to i had to prioritize my time and yeah and it totally created structure for me yes and i would have probably i would have been at the bars every single night had i not played a sport in college so i see how important it is just in in
2: life and team sports in yes. life it's such a huge thing and we talked about that transition from being from where i'm from and going to college that was one of those things too where you got to be able to tell yourself no yeah like i can't do that yeah and sports helps keep you in check with that stuff man and it, it definitely saved me yeah it saved me a lot because i knew if i didn't play if i didn't if i didn't perform in a classroom I couldn't, play. I couldn't play right so you know yeah it's crazy
0: so what made you, Kenny, to mm-hmm. decide? You know, obviously, you kind of had those aspirations to 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 play after college. Mm-hmm. What? How did you take the leap from like that to all right? You know what? That's not going to happen for me. I'm going to train
1: athletes. Yeah, uh, yeah, we want. Yeah, I want to hear this. Yeah, no, it's funny though because like, uh, I always still wanted to play at the highest level. Like, yeah. my mom. I told you, my mom. My my family has so much like. My brother Kyle had so much faith in me. It's so like, yo, bro, you could have you could have played at the next level. Mm-hmm. And like again, it goes to me, the mindset. I had a little self-doubt. You no, know, I was halfway in, halfway out. I was scared that I was gonna fail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just uh, and I'm not gonna say I didn't have nobody to push me over that hump, but I just never really got past that hump. Mm-hmm. And I did like a CFL trial. I did a CFL trial at Winder. And um that tryout actually kind of ruined it for me because it was like, I don't you never went been to one of them mm-hmm. things, but it's like thousands of people, like yeah. just off the street yeah. type stuff go, coming to these tryouts and it was so unorganized. I just felt like it was a money getter. Yeah. And you know, I did salad or whatever. And um, I had an internship at the time at Powertrain Sports. This is like before that time, but I was training there. So like I always I already knew that like. I love helping people out and stuff like that. So I had a plan B. Some hmm. people say don't have plan B's and stuff like that because it'll affect plan A, but I actually had a plan B because I got into something and started liking it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, after I graduated college, I started my business and my boys, Brandon shipping. brought him up. It's like, yo, man, he came up and trained with me. And I'm like, yo, man, can you see me training? He said, yeah. And it was hot at the time. I knew people back in my hometown, you know, I didn't burn any relationships, and I knew people would just give me a shot just because it was, I was good to them. Yeah. So I didn't even know it was gonna like be big, but I knew if I was like, "Yo, I'm," it could have been anything. Yo, I'm washing cars. Yeah. People. Whatever it was. to yeah, Give you a shot. Give me a shot because I built them relationships in my hometown, and um, I started with one person, Craig Reynolds. He's on the G- Detroit Lions now.
0: Okay. Oh yeah. Going, yeah. Yeah. He's on the Detroit and Lions. And you just at the game. Was so at Ryan. the game. No, and man. he went to Kutztown I too. To Kutztown.
1: That's awesome. He was my first client. And every day we got up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. I said, yo, bro, we're going to get up at five. Yeah. Work out at five, work out at six. Yeah, And I'm going to do whatever. I didn't know what I was doing at first. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did know was that mentality. Yeah. He was getting up at five, just like we here. And well, we getting and that mentality. You know what I think
0: is so interesting. So yeah. one of, um, a guy that I had on the podcast, his name's Michael Easter. Mm-hmm. And, um, He's all about, he calls himself like be a two percenter. Mm. So like, don't take the escalator, take the stairs Mm -hmm. because only 2% of people will take the stairs when there's an escalator right there. So it's all about just like finding time for movement. And he just did a post the other day and it was all about how people overcomplicate getting physically fit. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I don't know how to go down and I don't know how to lift. And I was a little bit like that when I got started. I think I told you, Kenny, when I- i've always been a runner that's because you don't really you just run Run. right like that's i lifted in college but after college like i just ran yeah and so it was like all right i'm gonna if it was i'm working out it was me going for a run run, i did nothing else but go for a run yeah and so it was probably about two years ago that i was like all right i gotta start you know i'm over 40 Mm And all you see is like strength training. Like they're like, you don't need to run another day in your life. You can walk, but you have to strength train. Yes. And so, and I got a little bit intimidated by, I'm looking up all these different programs and I'm reading like, do you know, a sumo squad and a snatch. And I'm like, I don't even know what these terms mean. Like, you know, I don't remember anything from college because in college you went into the weight room and and they would just tell you this is is what you're doing. Right. And so- I got very intimidated by this idea of like how do you strength train yeah. and and then you can get really roped into like oh if you know if you're not training your muscles to do this and all this stuff yeah and then I just kind of like blocked it all out and I'm like if I go down and I pick up the weight and I go like this yeah. something is going to happen yeah, you yep. know and so Michael put out this this post the other day all about like not overcomplicating yeah, exercise yeah and it's just, I mean, listen, I bring you in mm-hmm. because I'm not going to get up at 5.30 mm-hmm. if I if yeah.
2: I don't know that you're going to be walking to my door. True. Yeah, it's true. As it's so, you need people yeah. to help get you to that point.
0: Well, I mean, today was a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I felt like crap this morning. I didn't want to get up. I knew you were coming. So obviously I got up. Mm-hmm. I was probably at 40% yep. where I was doing back squats with the same weight that I was doing on, on Sunday, right. and I was ripping them out. I felt like Superwoman on Sunday because I had moved up mm-hmm. in weight. And then Kenny's like, "All right, we're gonna do the same thing." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm dying!" You know, yeah. but it, like, I needed you there for that motivation. Like I said,
1: sometimes you're 40. percent You're not always, and I tell my young athletes this all the time because some of them, their parents might force them to come. Sometimes they want to come on their own. But yeah. then the times that they don't want to come, you can tell they're dragging through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Look, bro or sis." sometimes your 40% is going to be hundred percent.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? I as, long, as, as long it's
1: as you get there, like that's why you got me there to push you through. But those be your best workouts because that's yeah. when you grow the most because you don't want to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you force yourself to be there. That's when you grow the most. That's what is your for.
0: favorite age to train with?
1: My favorite age is probably, uh, that's a good question. Um, I like elementary as in like... Uh, or fifth graders, they're good. And I like the high school kids, too.
0: Yeah.
1: College kids is cool, too, because they got that hunger. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I love training the too. But it's different. fine. Oh, you don't got to throw it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different, like, from a from, from a standpoint with them, it's, like, cool to just see? all right, that's how I wanted to look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so. Uh, yeah. The younger kids, it's cool to you see gotta, their growth.
2: Yeah, to teach you.
1: Even, like, Maggie and, I, like, just to see them get stronger and, um them loving to work out now. and yeah. Like I said, I'm not using honor as a crazy example, but it's like, I just feel like she into that thing now. You know Well, what I mean?
0: and you know, the difference with her is like, she comes home every day yeah. and she goes out on the bounce back. Like mm-hmm. she's doing other things outside of working with you oh, yeah. that she probably wouldn't be doing yeah. if she wasn't driven by what you're having her do doing. Yeah, the that's mornings. I, Like
1: my favorite thing is when a parent hits me up and be like, yo, like when they say they got k today, you you should see them. They they like it's never like, oh, you got Kenny today. Uh, oh, man. I love hearing that. So like yeah, that's to just, be real, I love training all I love the youth. I yeah. love the youth. Um, but again, from a professional standpoint, I love just seeing how it comes all together. Like that's what I like. That's what I want to see right there. Yeah, you
0: should do like a documentary. You should take mm-hmm. like one of those kids in fourth and fifth grade,
2: you know.
1: So well, we're gonna start with my nephew
0: oh oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah i've seen
2: that's, that's our plan yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah you've got and just like track the yeah, progression yeah, yeah. of of his like path yeah that would be really cool that would, that would be dope. i've I'm seen i've sure. seen videos of your little nephew yeah, he yeah. looks
1: like and it's a lot of i got like four of, four, four of, life, yeah they're four. nice so, it's in their blood man. Yeah, yeah so it's cool to see them actually grow and so yeah i am gonna do that I love it. Yeah.
0: When do you think you hit your like peak of knowing? So after you left um, out of Del Valle, you got drafted to the Eagles. Undrafted. Is that undrafted, undrafted to yeah, the Eagles? So
2: basically, what happens is they sign like when the when the draft ends. And I thought I was going to get drafted. You know, you, you got hopes that it might happen. It was a lot that took place, and so many stories I can tell you. Um, but um, what happens is like right after the draft ends. You get like multiple phone calls from different from different teams, yeah, and you got a choice to make. And I had probably like four, five teams, and they each tell you, "All right, you'll get this signing bonus, this or that, or zero, or you get nothing. You're just gonna come and be a part of the team. Um, and if you make the team, you'll get that contract that you signed for." Yeah. Um. So I remember having the opportunity to like have a choice. And the phone rang, and they were like, uh, my, my agent was calling. It was like, Philly, they want to, you know, they want to sign you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, all right, I got to make a decision, like, where I want to go. Like, deep down inside, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Like, How I know a decision? And at it that time, like, I was, I never left home ever. Right. I'd never been on a plane, never did anything. Right. So it was just like, for me, it was just like. Yeah, no brainer. Sign me up. Yeah. And I told so this story. Uh, I won an award at the Maxwell Awards. Uh I won Tri-State Player of the Year. Oh, right, right, right. Brian Westbrook Tri-State Player of the Year Award. And when I gave a speech there, um, there was Pat Shermer, the Office of Coordinator from the Eagles that was there and heard me speak. Oh, that's awesome. And I gave probably one of the best speeches. Like that's where like Showtime Speaks was like born. (laughs) And it was loud in there. And then um, I remember when I was talking, it got real quiet. I made my mom stand up. Aww. And it was probably one of the best moments of my life, you know, because the whole room was just like talking, talking. And, I, and it was just like I wasn't getting that respect that I thought I want, that I needed. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I was s- like specifically talking to my mom. I didn't care. As long as she heard me, I was fine. And as I kept diving deeper into how I felt about her and, and just getting there, the whole room just got quiet. And then at the end, everybody was clapping, and it was it was like you could hear that you could hear a pin drop, and it was crazy. And you know, the guy who called me on the phone when I got signed was Pat Shermer, cool. and he was in the audience that day, and he was like, "How would you feel to come be a part of the Philadelphia Eagles?" And the whole house went crazy. Yeah, and I remember like it was yesterday, and you know, it's a moment that I'll never forget. Yeah, you know, and I'm cool. you know I'm, I'm sad that it didn't. Pan out how how I wanted it to, yeah. But I think it panned out how it was supposed to.
0: Well, it took you to where you are now, right? And you did. have to look at that,
2: you know. And I think that every journey is a stepping stool to where you're trying to go.
0: So, do you think that you'd ever come back to, like, what is it, the USFL? No. What if, no, no, my, is that what my, they call it now? I don't. They, they, they call it like
2: XFL, UFL. UFL, UFL, no, UFL, yeah, no, I've uh, like. I always wanted to come back to the NFL. You know, right. when I, I spent, like, five years bouncing around in the NFL for a while, I was in Carolina, I was in Cleveland, I was in San Diego when they were the – like, when it was San Diego with the Chargers. Um, I was in Carolina for a year. I was with the Eagles twice. I was there the Super Bowl – in the beginning of the Super Bowl year and back in 2015. So, like, I got a chance to experience so many different things, so many different people. Yeah. And I got – friends from every place that i've been you know and i still i'll never forget you know like i get my the first time i ever got on the plane mark sanchez um had like a wide receiver um quarterback thing out in san diego my first flight was five hours and i went out there and it was crazy man and that was the first time you were on was on a my plane first time on a plane it was five hours and it was cool, you know that experience. It took me out of my element. Yeah, I was in San Diego where it was seals down the street. Like it was like literally, you can walk over, and you can look over the edge, and it's a thousand seal, yeah. and it smelled like crap out there, <laughs> you know. But it was beautiful though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like my aspirations to 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 come back down and and play in one of these leagues, I, it's not my like I've I built such a rapport up in Canada people know me by first name up there. Yeah. People are buying my jerseys and listening to the podcast. And, you know, I've built such a big name up there that it's just like, I'm happy where I am, yeah. you know? And it took me a long time to accept that I don't want this anymore. Yeah. I don't need to be validated by playing in the NFL anymore. You know, I was able to come, I could still come to games. And the one thing that helped me was winning the championship winning the championship up in Canada with a great cup and winning two back to back. And those rings, the way they sit on my finger. I don't, I play the game for respect. Right. I played a game to inspire people. I play the game to, you know, I'm not trying to be rich no more. Like you go to the NFL, you want to be rich. You want to be famous. You want to be.
0: Well, I also think you're still playing the
2: game and I'm still playing the you game. Know? You know what I'm you saying? Could I'm
0: still not playing. Be playing the game. I could not all. be
2: playing at all. Yeah. So like for me, like, I appreciate everything. Yeah. I look at things differently. My perspective is from a different, you know, like, so like for me, I just, I love having fun with it, but I like inspiring people.
0: Yeah.
2: Like I'm not supposed to be here and I'm still here. Mm-hmm.
0: So what would you say to the 10 year old kid living in Roxboro today? that is outside getting scraped up, um, catching that sty- yellow and purple styrofoam ball in the street and, you know, has dreams of being a football player somewhere?
2: Bang! That gets me, like, emotional, man. Like, it's crazy because I would tell that 10-year-old kid that, don't you ever give up, you know, don't. I know it doesn't look like you might make it. And I know you're hearing gunshots every single night and and things don't seem right. And your mom is, she's telling you what to do or what you can't do. And you're upset. Your dad's not there. Like you want him to be. and But you got a heart that's built of something out of this world. And You can be whoever you want to be and what you feel and what you know is going to come true because you believe in it. Like Mm. I believed in that little boy. I believe in you. And like, we talked about it with the mental health stuff. I see you. I used to get in trouble a lot when I was a kid and I wanted to be seen. And Telling that that 10-year-old self, I see you, that's big time. Because all I ever wanted to do was be loved. I wanted to be accepted for who I was. I was always this passionate kid, but you're gonna make it. And I love you. You know what I'm saying? And um I think that's big time and it and then it means a lot to me and I, I feel it. And uh, I feel it too, bro.
0: And you go back there too. It's something we didn't really discuss, but like you're talking to those
2: kids. I am. Yeah. Like when I, like I said it last week, um, whenever I'm talking and doing my speeches, I'm talking to the the kid in me yeah. that's not confident, that doesn't believe. And it's like you asking me that question is like making me go back to those moments where, I wish I had somebody telling me that I was enough Mm -hmm. or I had it, you know? And as I got older, it came, but it was time where I had no hope. Like it was times where I thought I was going to die. I was scared I didn't think I was going to make it. And the one person who made me believe was my brother. And that's why I have a respect for you because my brother went to the army out of college and um it changed my life. Um I don't say it out loud a lot, but he's like one of my heroes. You know, it was like and I don't tell him enough. Um when he left, because he was always a year older than me, he went to college first. Mm-hmm. He left the nest first. So he gave me a a belief that I can go somewhere. Yeah. He went mm-hmm. to Penn State. I'm like, you know, somewhere to, yeah. um, I don't know, man. It's so much that I can talk about that gets me emotional, but I'm so blessed that I'm still here and I'm, I'm able to give what I can give and, um, and keep that 10 year old boy that I know that still lives inside to keep going, you know, and, um, it's special. And just tell them what Showtime Speaks is, man. We got the... <laughs> That's my I want my No, no. Yeah, no, Showtime Speaks yeah. is that, you know, and, and tell them what you're trying to get into and all that. Ah, it's, it's It's crazy because yeah. Showtime Speaks yeah. is that, and I started it by, you know, I've always been a talker.
1: Yeah.
2: I've always been inspirational, and he helped, and he help with unlocking that, like, yo, you need to go speak in front of a camera, bro. Because when you talk to me, I feel that shit. Yeah. Like I want to yeah, run into yeah. a brick wall. Yeah. yeah. When you talk, and I'm like,
0: Well, I I felt yeah. like when I had the first time I met you. Kenny brought you over, and I gave you a couple pointers, yeah. and like an hour later, you're like, "How's this look?" You're texting me like a one
2: pager, and I'm like, uh yeah, that looks better than mine. <laughs> Good job." Yeah. Nah, it's just like. Yo, it like and it, it, it pains me in my head. Like, yo, y'all just starting the podcast? No, yeah, I've been laying seeds down for a, such a long time, and it is what it is now. And um,
0: well, I think it's important. Like, listen, Sean and I talk about it all the time. Like, you know, everybody and their grandmother's sister's brother has a podcast, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think if you have something important you want to share, and and for me, like I'm. I'm so inspired by your journey and your path. And you. and similarly, like I'm inspired by you, by what I see you doing yep. for my kids, right? And, but like, the thing is, is like your voice needs to be heard not just by your inner 10 year old self but but by all the other 10 year olds that are still living in rocksboro. No, yeah. Like you need to make sure that those kids hear your voice. And I know you're going back to schools. I know you're going over to Del Val talking to the football, but like it's so important and that's a lot of what we do. Yeah. So our our veterans at the Travis Manning Foundation, like our flagship program is called character does matter. Yeah, Literally yes. when your brother gets out of the army and takes off his uniform, we're going to be calling him up and saying, Hey, um, you took the uniform off, but we still need you to serve. And we want you to go back into yeah. the schools yeah. you grew up in. Yeah. And we want you to share your story, yeah. right? We want you to talk about service and yeah. leadership yeah. and courage yeah. and, you know, moral courage, the moral courage to make the The tough decisions where all the kids are doing one thing and you're going to do the other, right? But it's super important for our next generation to have those mentors, to have those people in front of them that are, because again, you talk about like, it was my mom. My mom was there. My mom was pushing me. Not everybody has your mom. Exactly. Right? And so- You need the Rashids that yes, are out there. You yes. need the the Kennys that are yeah. out there that are in front of these kids yeah. that maybe don't have that inside their home. Yeah, you that's, know,
2: that's very true, and that's what Showtime speaks is for. You know, and that's kind of how it all started. I knew that giving money and doing all that stuff and trying to buy book bags and turkey drives and all that stuff like that's like a band aid that you put on stuff. The route that I wanted to take was to speak. Yeah. Because it's not about what you say. It's not about how you say it. My Angelo said, it's about how you make people feel. Mm. Yeah. And if you can make people feel like they got hope, mm. that's how you create a better generation. That's how you create, you know, a better system in people's head where they believe in themselves. Yeah. You know, and um that's what it's all about. And, you know, it's 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 beautiful to see how. Uh, it's all coming together and the connections from different people and the relationships that God has put me in front of and allows me to, to be able to speak and tell my story and, and, and bring it in people's living room. For Christmas, I sat there with my family and watched one of the episodes from the podcast on Christmas Day. And it almost made me break down in tears because my mom's watching, my little sister's watching, I'm watching, my brother is watching and we all getting teary out together that is what it's all about um and that's you can't take that feeling away from anybody you know it's cool man yeah it's really cool well
0: i i love the idea that again you know maggie had a former nfl um strength and training coach and he had this long pedigree of everything that he did and all the NFL teams he worked with and you know and and he was a nice guy Mm -hmm. I don't think she connected with him you know and I think it was the first time she went to your place like she connected she's like this is my guy you know and I yeah and it, it is it was like and you had put her. You would put her and her friends like in your story. That's what my brother was doing. Like, yeah, I
1: got to get him back to doing my content. Like, yeah, he was filming everything. It was great, <laughs> and I'm like
0: watching your story. And I'm like, oh my god, and it's yeah. like you can't even hear because the music's yeah. so loud. <laughs> and, I, you know, she's she was flipping tires, and then there was
1: somebody in the NBA. She said, "Was she talking about DJ Newbell? He actually played at uh. He went to strawberry mansion. I was watching oh, it. Yeah. yeah. He plays overseas. Okay. Uh,
0: and he's, and I'm like, who's that? She's like, Oh, he's some professional basketball <laughs> player. And he's like next to her. And I'm like,
1: I love this all the, so much football guys in there. So yeah. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. It's, yeah, for sure.
0: So we always talk about, you know, again, it's, and, and you guys have kind of covered it, but we always talk about like what it means to live a resilient life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with you, Kenny. Like, What is living a resilient life look like for
1: you? Uh, For me, it looks like never stopping, not giving up, whatever goal you have in mind, you doing anything it takes to get to that end goal. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what my brand is about, rents, right? Having that relentless mentality, right? The E, giving 100% effort, not 80%, not 60%, but 100% effort. And anything you do, like yeah. I said, I told kids whether you want to be a professional athlete, whether you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, if you want to do anything in life, right? Being resilient, being relentless mm-hmm. means not giving up. Yeah. So for me, living a resilient life is about not giving up and doing anything willing it takes to get to wherever you try and get to in life.
2: What about you, man? You said a lot. Yeah. Um, I think. Being resilient to me is, you know, never, never answering to no. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, really never giving up, like you said. Mm. You know, resilient to me is when it looks like it's not going to work and you find a way to make it work, mm. that's resilience. When I think about resilient, I think about myself. I think about where they said I was supposed to be. And I think about everything that I did to get to where I am. It makes me smile because I am resilient. Mm. I'm very resilient. I'm a dog. Mm. I don't accept no. Um a, for me it's just like it's a it's an attitude that you wake up with. Yeah. And I'll be damned if somebody's going to tell me no, and I'm not going to find a way to, to hear yes. Mm. And um, I don't know, man, I was just division three kid. this late bloomer. And this is my ninth year being a pro and going into my 10th year. So you talk about resilient, you talk about winning championships, finding different ways and finding different ways to get to your dream. I've been cut six, seven times. I've found a way, I've had to pick myself back up, I've cried, I've scraped my knees a few times, my elbows, my shoulders, I've lost, I've won. I am resilient, like I really wake up wanting to be great and that's why I'm a pro athlete, it's not about What I did yesterday, it's about what I'm going to do today. It's funny you said something about your daughter not feeling good. I don't feel good right now, but I'm here, and later on I'm going to get another one in. You know what I'm saying? My daughter, she got training with Kenny at six. You have to, (laughs) like you, you got to be resilient to be and get to where you want to go. Yeah, and. I don't know, man. I'm just extremely blessed to even uh, thank you for having me on the show. I love that you said,
0: I am resilient,
2: right? Like I've
0: asked that question 75, 80 times, however many episodes there's been, right? What is living? No one's ever said, I am resilient. Like what is living a resilient life look like? And they're like, you know, they give the answers and they're all great answers, but no one's ever said, I am resilient. Like, I love that.
2: I'm not afraid of me no more. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say, I'm not afraid to hear no either, yeah, because I want you to say no. I want you to say that because I'm gonna find a way. and I don't know, man, I just yeah he's helped me with that
0: so you guys on your last episode, and I was telling Kenny, I you had a like a mental health coach, a woman on. And you guys started like beatboxing Mm -hmm. and then you turned it over to her. And I said, Oh my God, I would have died if I was her. And you put me on the spot like that. Literally, I would have died. I would have got up and ran out of the studio and she did such a good job. I was like, I don't know who she is, but she did amazing. So we,
2: we like, I'm talking about 30 seconds before we told her. Oh, okay. So she kind of knew so it. So she tongue. had a little bit. Yeah, she was like, shit, what rhymes with... This? Exactly. So okay. she had a little bit of time. And that's kind of what we people think. That's not a part of our show. That is just... In a way it is. In a way it is. Like, but we do that all right, to break well, the ice.
0: Okay, I'm not giving you 30 seconds, but I mean, I was like, God, that is just... That's just great content. And so... I would like, I'm not participating, no but I would, no, no, no. I would like you guys to just do a little riff on being resilient. Like that could be really, oh, yeah. On the dome? On the dome. <laughs>
1: Pull up we, we that gotta, mic. We got we gotta, we gotta beat. You got
2: to get a beat going. Gotta I don't know how this works. So let's get a beat going. You might be good at bringing it. I got, listen, the rap that I rapped, I'll add that. that you saw me,
1: bro. Well, let's talk about thinking she, why she, she, up she, the beat.
2: she put us on the spot. I like it though. I'll yeah.
0: put you guys on the okay. spot. So start thinking why he's pulling that beat
2: up. Okay. Give me a beat, she. Give me a beat. Whatever you need. She you feel it. <laughs> I know you got it. I don't got it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh-huh. Instrument. Wait, you saying your rap, or I'm saying my rap? What would you what you doing? She said on oh, resilient though. On resilient, because I got we I I'm got a, I got a rap that I that I do, I always do. Like that rap you heard that you heard, I've done that probably a hundred thousand times.
0: Well, then it's
2: not, it's that's, not, a not that's
0: that's it's not actually not, it's not, not as exciting now that not. I know that. But I
2: thought that was just mine's off, was, mine's was off the, the top. top. Mine's
1: was off the top. Of
2: his his is, his is off the top though. First time. Time. But mine's mine was rehearsed. I'm sorry. No, don't no. go ahead. Oh,
1: he's scared. No, I'm not. Kenny, you got it. So go ahead. I have faith in you. I do too. No, not, this. On, not this. Hold on, not this. Whoa, I don't even know what beat this is. You, you gotta got to get it. an instrumental. It is. Okay. Resilient. Resilient. Go. Yeah. That's go. The droppers. Huh? Check it. Go. Love. Yeah. Check it.
2: Uh huh. Look. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I got one too. All right, go ahead. Go ahead yeah. first. Yeah. Sit here with Ryan, talk yep. about resilient. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, we up in the building. Yeah. Travis Million Foundation. Uh-huh. This is what we do. Yes, sir. Army man, go get it. Uh-huh. This is how we do. Yes, sir. Go. Check go. It. Yeah. Check it. Yeah. Look. Come on. Look. Look. I'm waiting for
1: it. We in the building. Uh-huh. She said be resilient. Uh-huh. I said Kenny Rez in the building. huh. I'm just trying to be a billionaire. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just trying to run up, I'm just trying to run up a billion. I was trying to run up a billion. I, <laughs> I was trying to run up a billion, not be a billion. Dang. Yeah. I had that. I, that was good. That damn. was good. That was good. I was trying to that run up good. a billion. Was I was trying to run up a billion. That would have been crazy. I said I'm trying to be a billionaire. Damn. I said I set it up for you. I know. I was trying to catch it.
0: Well, uh, well, next time I have you guys on, we'll talk about how you, how we're going to become billionaires. Or I like so it. I like um, Kenny, Rashid, thank you so much. Thank this you. awesome. Thank you, you guys are awesome. Keep inspiring. Yeah. Keep working my kids butts off. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us on Resilient Life. Thank Lillion.
1: you. We like, appreciate you. Appreciate it.